Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's prayer and story time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ark of the Covenant Ministry Prayer and Story Time. We invite you now to come with us as we present to you stories, testimonies, a little conversation, some laughter, and the Word of God giving you an opportunity to open your heart and receive the man Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as your guide, your strength, and that which gives you the chance to take the next step in your Christian journey. My name is Reverend Hill. I am here today with my very beautiful, anointed, Holy Ghost field, precious wife, Mrs. Hill as she has been given a message today that's been released from heaven. So I'd like for you to relax yourself, situate yourselves, open your heart, and get ready to receive what thus saith the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning, our faithful friends and listeners. And we welcome, welcome, welcome you, our newcomers and our new listeners. And you know we are always blessed and very glad to have you all here this morning. And it's just, we're just so delighted and elated to have you all here this morning every day to listen at the Argonne Covenant Ministry with uh, Reverend Hill this morning. And so we just thank you all for being here. Uh, Of course, we are giving true testimonies. The testimonies are real. These are of people that would like to share their testimonies with the world to show you how they have been delivered and how God's love is truly real. He will break the chains chains of bonds and bondage and the control that Satan have over your life if you just trust him as your Lord and Savior. He's there to guide you through. So this morning we're going to we're going to be doing testimonies. Life has many storms. Storms come in many forms: joblessness, violence, divorces, drugs, accidents, sickness, loneliness, depression, death, abuse, fear, pornography, rape, trafficking, everything that's from Satan that he likes to do to harm and hurt us. We all know that Satan doesn't sleep. Neither does the devil's angels. And he's always there. He never takes a vacation. So always wear your full arm of God and always remember and be prepared for the schemes and the lies of the devil. This morning we always tell each other how much we love the Lord. And my husband and I are here to remind you how much we do and how much you should. So we're going to start by me asking you to 
keep these people lifted up in prayer. Um, the occupational therapist for personal things in her life and her job. Van, personal things in his life and his job. My son Carrington with COVID-19, that he would, God would keep his hands on him and, and give him a speedy recovery. The family of the 21-month-old baby that was shot in the temples, uh, he's steady, making slow progress. Progress was slow. The seven-year-old little girl whose family left her and she was shot up everywhere. Her father's uh, out of the hospital. Um, he was critical, but they said that he's doing fine now. And uh, they showed him talking last night on the news. And um, we just want to pray for everybody all over the world that uh, things would get better and that God will keep his hands on us and heal our hearts where there's no love that God would give us love. Where there's hatred, he would take all the hatred away. So we just want to keep praying for one another each and every day. We we want to pray for the salvation of people that don't know the Father, that they would become to know the Father, and they would be glad to be in our family by accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. We're going to pray for all of this today. So keep that in mind, okay? Okay, we are going to pray, and then I will get started. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you please to open the minds of these that are listening this morning and give them a clear understanding of this message, Father God. And God, I pray that there is none that would become offended by what they hear. But Father, have a mature enough mind to understand that we're under an attack of Satan. We're under nasty, filthy attack. And we need people to come to, to, to our ministry, Father God, and we need to talk openly so we can know how to pray for each other and how to keep your walls balanced by praying for these people, uh, Father God, that your power, your power will tear down the walls of distress and depression and hatred. So, God, have them to keep an open mind that these are people that's giving their testimonies of things that's going on in their lives today, right now, or things that has gone on in their lives, Father God, that he who have reached down and broken the chains of bondage and dragged and pulled them out of. So, God, I just pray that none become offended this morning by what they may hear, but have an open, mature, clear mind. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. This testimony was given to me. Uh, Sister Emma, thank you so much for those that may not listen to the radio broadcast with my husband and my ministry, Ark of the Covenant Ministry. I thank you so much for, you know, introducing listeners to our, um, our Christian broadcast, our church's broadcast. So I just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. And she, we have a couple of more new um testimonies uh, that I want to read. I am going to start by this one is from Ciola Bridges and she says this is addressed to both uh, Reverend Hill and his wife. She says my name is Ciola Bridges. I've been married for six years to my husband Tom. I had two small toddler boys, twins, which is Tim and Tony, 
and neither one of them came for, from our marriage. But we do have one son, biological son between the two of us, and he is Tom Jr. As we went along in our marriage, Tom and I, our boys were small boys, my twins, when I married him. And these boys now are, oh, I'm trying to understand, I am right. These boys now are 10 years old. She's been married to him, she said, ever since. They was little small boys. They were, they're 10 now, and they were married for six years, so they were four when she married them. And she said that Tom was in church. Excuse, forgive me, y'all. My sinuses is bothering me, so bear with me this morning, please. <clears throat> and she says that Tom and I got married when the twins were very small boys. And Tom was the most loving husband you could have ever thought that you could meet. He was loving. He was very caring. He was very, very compassionate. He was very overprotective of myself and the boys. As our marriage went on and moved on in life, Tom started to get very aggressive. His ways started changing towards the children. He started to become boastful and very bossy. He started coming very controlling and evil. Tom got to the point where he cut us all off from everything that we ever knew. He cut me and the boys off from the whole world. He cut us off from my family and from my friends. We went to church and I had to sit with my head. I used to I used to be a woman that smiled all the time and held my head up. Now I sit to this day with my head down, with my chin and my chest, and people often ask me what is wrong. Sometimes some of the sisters in the church will pull me to the side and ask me, are you okay? Is it something that we can do for you? Is everything going all right? Do you need our help with anything? And I just reply, no. But thanks to Reverend Hill and his wife, with their ministry broadcast, and with my Aunt Emma telling me, I call her Aunt Emma, she's not my aunt, but I like to call her Auntie, Auntie Emma, because she's like everybody's mother and auntie on the block. And thank God for her telling me, I just want you to just listen and I want you to listen and you need help. She understands the situation that I'm going through with my husband, Tom. And she tells me, I want you to call. And you will be able to call Miss Ciola because you said you'll be listening today. You will be able to call my husband. We'll give you all that information at the end of our, our Christian broadcast this morning. But I just wanted to explain a little bit about what me and the boys and I are going through. Tom has taken complete control of my life and the boys' life. He used to love the boys, not just my two and not just my one, but he, between the two of us, but he used to love us all. He's turned better. He's abusing the boys as well as myself. I can't talk on the phone. I can't go anywhere besides the church and back in the house. The boys are so miserable. The boys cry to me and tell me whenever Tom's not around and at work, Mama, we're afraid of him. The boys always ask if they can go over to my sister's house where she also has a set of twins and play with the boys for the weekend. And as I ask my husband, Tom, his reply is always no. They don't need to go anywhere. We're living in bondage. 
and I'm so tired, I'm just ready to break the windows out the house and scream and pour my hair out. His ways of abusing the boys is through saying, this is how I was raised. He kicked them in their back. He kicked my son Tim down the stairs, and he injured him. He punched our son between the two of us, which is his biological son, Tom Jr., in the chest, and he's two years old, and I thought that he had killed him. His chest is bruised. I think that he need help because his breathing hasn't been right ever since he punched him in his chest. He has a giant bruise, fist print. They're going to take my baby away from me, but if they find out, if the law find out that I didn't report it, they'll probably take all three of the children away from me anyway. I'm not allowed to talk on the telephone. I'm not allowed to have company. He blocks my sister, which I have three. He blocks one, and then he blocks the other, and then he blocks the other. The friends that I had, these are other Christian women. He doesn't want me to socialize with them either. But he has his friends, and it sounds like that they're having a wild party downstairs in the basement. I don't believe that any of his friends are really saved. He socialized with them all as he undressed women as well with his eyes in front of me. He has no respect for me. He's very disrespectful and up-put. He controls everything we do, even what we eat in the house. He can sit up and eat snacks, candy, anything he wants, but he tells me that me and the kids need to eat healthy, and he tells me I don't want your rump parted wider than the Red Sea. So he tells me what I can eat, what I can have, and how I should cook, but he can leave and he can go to his play mother's house and eat everything he wants. I can tell from his pants how they fed him that he's gaining weight, so he's eating more than just fruit and vegetables at the house with me and the boys. I'm ready to leave him, and I know that the Bible say, till death do us part. But it's even worse than what I'm giving you now. It's just so many things that I don't care to be shared. But I guess you two would really understand what I'm going through. And I'm asking you for your opinion as far as I've gone today. And I'm asking for help. I would appreciate if you would address it as a woman and if he would address it as another man but the man of God. That's for Reverend Hill. Amen and thank you. Well, Sister Ciola, I'm going to start by saying to you, I feel for you. I feel so very sorry and brokenhearted for you. And it sounds like to me you need a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of love. And so does your children. You need God in your life. And I want you to keep praying and crying out to God every day as much as you could and as much as possible. Um, I hate to see anybody go through that type of torment and torture. Um, I wouldn't want to give anyone the wrong advice besides godly advice. I hope you have gone to the man of God for counseling after you have gone to God for counsel because I'm going to tell you from your testimony, I have gone through a similar situation with my first husband, which he did depart me and death, but death did us part. But I, I went through a similar situation of yours, and mine was even probably worse 
or about the same. If it's some things that you are not letting go to tell us because you don't care for it to be broadcast, you know, across this Christian radio station. But what I could tell you is, it's not good for nobody and accept abuse from anyone because sometimes, and this is not just for men, it's for women also. And I'm not get, trying to get off the Christian realm, but I'm going to tell you straight up from a woman, a saved woman, and having gone through the same things that you did years ago, 17, 18 years ago with my first husband. And sometimes the Christian thing and, and, and going to church, it can become something that after a while it becomes, like you said, he's controlling. It can become stressful. And then when they see that you're going to let them do it, they become stronger and they grow more in what they say and what they will do to you. So, mm, I see I can get away with this, 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 and this. So now I'm going to put stipulations on this. And it becomes you're no longer the wife, but then sometimes you become the child. You become one of the children. And some men like to know that they are not the head of the family, which God don't mean that you have a right to take and control the family in that way, but they like to, they like control. They like to have power. It helps them grow. And sometimes we have to be careful, ladies. Be careful before you just run off and marry a man because he got a 2021 Mustang or he got a good job or he has a lot of money or because he comes to you with that soft, godly voice. Because sometimes we can get involved as well as you may. And listen to this testimony that she's given and listen to what I'm saying. It can flip the coin, can flip and switch with a female too. You can you can get married to her because she pretty and she soft spoken and she act like this. And when you get get married to her, all of that light that shine it turned dim. And each partner become, can can become a wolf in sheep clothing, and that control becomes after a while an abusive thing because mm, I like the way this feels. I like being able to sit here and control. I'm, I'm the man of this house. It's going to be my way or no way at all. It's going to this my house. This my this. This my that. This my this. And I think that every woman should have some type of balance in her life. You don't go into a marriage thinking, oh, I'm going to marry him. You go into a marriage when you go into that marriage. It should be symbolically, you know, that you love him because he saved, he loved God, and I think vice versa. But we can't help but know sometimes it's a bit of a physical attraction. I mean, some people say, well, it's not. I loved him because of this or I loved her because of that. I think in almost every relationship is a physical attraction. It's something you liked about them. It's something you, you, you loved and I meant to see. Even if you didn't love them from your heart as a person, it's something you just like. Most of the time it's something physical. But we have to be careful with that. So when any time your marriage becomes abusive and he and those little kids he hitting your children, you right. I had two children already when I married my first husband and, and uh we, we never had biological children that survived. And it started out the same way. I have a handicapped daughter that's 37. He would pick up and throw her to the wall and call her stupid, dumb, retarded girls. And he would choke blood from my son's throat. Seeing it becomes violent then, because if it's a mother that really cares, things sometimes happen. I'm not trying to encourage you. I don't want none of the listeners to get this wrong. I'm not encouraging them to do anything anything violent but what i am trying to tell you before that gets started and it keeps happening you need to reach out 
and I'm glad you're reaching us in this ministry today, but you need to reach out even further. Maybe you need to reach out to law enforcement. Maybe you need to... Uh, um, you need to free your children because my son was a little bitty boy when I got married. So was my daughter. They were miserable, some miserable children. And the way you say he hit them and say this how you raise them and this how you, I heard the same thing from him. This how you make them boys. That's abuse. If your father did that to you, I would tell him, well, he abused you. How you going to make a man out of him by making them fear you? I don't believe that now. I believe a little bit that a man should be kind of rough with his boys and wrestle with them and play with them and teach them how to box. They need to know how to be men to protect themselves. But it doesn't take walking up and, like you said, kicking nobody with your foot. Hitting them in their head with a hammer and punching them all in their chest. What kind of making them out of a man? That is abuse. That's like me allowing somebody now to say you're not enough woman and walk up to me and take their fists and hit me in my chest or hit you in your chest or like one of your brothers or your father or one of the men that care about you in your life that's just a close family friend walk up to him and bust his lights out and tell him, <laughs> Brother Tom, that's going to make you be a better man. So it's the same way with children. It's making them afraid of you. What you're trying to do is put the fear in those children so they can be scared of you most of the time when you find men that like that type of control. So I would say to you, you need to seek further help. You know, I mean, you go, you seeking godly counsel. You've done all of that. You read your Bible. You love God. You're ready to just leave and take your kids and leave. I'm not going to encourage you to leave your husband because the doors may open up one night. God may come in there one day. He may be at work, and the Holy Spirit may come in there and talk to him and tell him if you keep dealing with your wife treacherously, if you don't treat your wife and love her as Christ loved the church, I'm going to destroy you. And sometimes when God speaks to you, you can't help but listen. He may come home a different man, but then until then, you still have to figure out a way how to protect your children. See, a lot of times we go to these churches and we go to these pastors and we listen to all these sage people. And, well, child, you just, because I heard a lot of that also. When I start getting that advice, if you don't leave them, he's going to kill you and your children. I wanted to keep myself within God's. You know the holy scriptures and the guidelines and things that God say for us to do to depart only through death, but it got worse and worse. And the longer I stayed, it got worse and worse. All of us, me and my two kids, would have probably ended up dead had I not left. So I'm not trying to encourage you to leave, but what I am trying to encourage you to do is take the advice that I was once given by several pastors. Get in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. That's your godly counsel. And then if you can't get no understanding out of it, go to human flesh that God has set upon the churches to lead the church. And then if they encourage you, well, you stay and let him beat your brains out because a lot of them will tell you that. You stay and let him control you and the kids. Stay and let him lock you up where you can't speak to nobody, talk to nobody. Then before you know it, you're locked up in a dungeon. You're locked up in this house. And some of you female listeners that's listening to this this morning, Pray to God. Get you some help. And I am so glad, Miss Ciola, uh, that you, you know, you, you're bringing this out. Get in the woman's group. Get some understanding out of things. And when you all invite in a, a, a strong pastor, a strong man of God, 
you know, someone that ain't going to take your side, but they're not going to take his either because I believe it's two sides to a story. I heard that too. But most of the time when people watch a woman's way, they know how it is. And most of the time, you better believe if your husband Tom is the way you say he is, it's somebody else walking around that know what Tom really is. That's going to try to encourage you and tell you, well, I've been knowing him a long time and he's this, 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 and this. See, he, a lot of times we get involved with these men and these men get involved with us women. And we, their past sometimes was rough. And then they can't do nothing else but uh, stretch their arms out and say, well, I'm saved and I'm this and I'm that. But they really just don't know how to control that demon that won't let them go. So it's still there. They need to be freed. They need to be set separate from those demons. Those demons need to be out of them. They're still, if they are saved, they're still oppressed. Because, see, saved people, Miss Fiona, can't be demon-possessed, but they can be oppressed by demons, and that's almost just as bad. So that's that control demon that's abusing you and abusing your boys and starting to tell you to shut up and holler, this is his house and this and that and the other. Sometimes you got to put space between you. It might not, the life you may not be saving, it may not just be your own, but it could be the three little boys' lives as well. So seek you some help. If you're afraid to sit down and talk to them and tell them if you don't stop this and this still keep going on, I'm going to leave you. If you're afraid to do that, then maybe you need to do it in front of law enforcement. Or maybe you need to do it in front of his family and yours. Have a meeting. Have a meeting with the pastor, with security standing right there. And then if you feel going home with them, like my mistake was, if you feel going home with them, that he may hurt you or, you know, any type of bodily harm, then just don't do it. Let God speak to your heart and whatever God tells you, what's in your heart right now may be what God is telling you to do. And if you feel like that's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit telling you to put some space between you and take your kids and leave, then obey the Holy Spirit. If you feel like it's something that you should do and just stay there and go through the abuse, don't let the little boys go through it. I'd rather see you give those little boys up than to let the man kill your children, especially boys. It's something about boys. And those two little boys come from another marriage that I don't understand. When men are abused, when they're children, sometimes that abuse, and he probably was abused as a boy himself. So they got to find somebody else sometimes to take this abuse out on. I'm going to do this to you because this is how I was done. I'm going to do this to you because this is how my mama treated me. I'm going to do this to you because this is what my father did to me. But ask them if they liked it. No. Ask them if they felt that it was abuse. Yes. They did feel like it was abuse, but they got to have somebody else to do it to. Most bullies, guess what? They were bullied. And they have to find this spirit transfers from their evil, wicked parents and that spirit live inside of them. So then they got to, you know, I'm not trying <laughs> I watched a movie called The Stepfather the other night. And it was really something. And they go from person to person, from house to house. And when... When you have a controlled spirit like that, and it's not just in men, we got women that are exactly the same way. They be jealous over these men with their young daughters. Jealous over these men because they got to go say hi. And you have to deal with the other 
father or mother, when you have small children together, you're going to have to socialize so the father can see their kids or the woman can come pick the kids up, vice versa. You have to, and then they, they have a certain anger that they sometimes can hide from you. So I'm talking to you about it because I know, I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard, what I have experienced, that the further things uh, that you don't really want to say, I believe it's some of the stuff that I'm telling you now to see from experience that I have gone through with the talking to yourself, the pasting floors, the rebuking watermelons and lemons and oranges and apples until you actually study them and watch them when they don't know. And most of them are masterminds. They are master manipulators. They know how to manipulate you. They know how to get inside. They know how to do things. They know how to maneuver themselves to use a whole family. Then before you know it, they have humbled themselves to get you right where they want you. But you don't ever have to be trapped. As long as it's a free world and you see those things happening, you are entitled to take your children and say, okay, I'm afraid of him. I'm not going to fight with him. I'm not going to even tell him I'm to open that door and walk out of it one day. And he'd be calling you, calling you, calling you on your cell phone, expecting for you to come back. This is your house. This is the way you are. And I see that you got mental issues. You don't, you don't have to go through that. You don't have to go back. I never did. So I'm not trying to bash you, and I don't want any of our faithful friends and listeners it's not going to, I'm not trying to advise you or encourage you to do anything you don't want to do. I'm not trying to tell you to leave your husband. I'm not trying to get out that ram of the Bible because you should seek godly counsel. But that's, remember this, that it's you, your life, and your little boy's life. And when you start to fear the man that you live with and not feel like he's loving you more and more, but it's just a control thing where he just wants to control you. He need that control. He need to be able to tell you who's paying the bills there. He need to be able to tell you to shut up. He need to be able to tell you who could and who can't walk through that door. He need to be able to tell you like my first husband did me. The telephone go off at 3. By 5, the phone off. No talking. You ain't coming across this threshold. You ain't. When that control starts to set in, that's not a balanced marriage. That is not how a marriage should be because you are no longer a grown woman and his wife. Then you have become one of the children. So you can't let nobody have that type of control in your life. And when you see it has gotten off the rim of a marriage and him just being your husband and a good father to the children that know how to raise them and make them respect you, they must be made to respect him. And when it get off the rim to become an abusive, I'm going to beat you every time you wake up. If this is the only way I'm going to get you to be scared of me, your children should not have to be trained to be afraid of him, to be scared of him because this is his mentality and the way that he sees fit that you should raise those boys. You shouldn't raise them in fear. So I'm telling you what I think, and I don't think any time a household, and you call it a Christian household, and you have a husband that's like that, and you have to start fearing and having second thoughts, mm, I don't think I want to be here because he's only going to get more and more and more aggressive, more and more and more aggressive than before. You know it. You have fed his flesh what he like. Good. Now I got full control over her and the kids. I got control over who comes and you'll start seeing the evils. Where this man is really an evil man, actually vicious. 
you'll start seeing the snake that lives inside of them. So you can go to church all you want to, but it don't mean nothing now. Some of the some of the strongest, greatest preachers that people think lived, and I'm on the preacher realm now, was some of the most treasured. My husband was a pastor, my first husband. And those are some of the ones that hide behind that pulpit. But they still live in their past as he did. And they got to find somebody else to rob and rape of their life, even if it's getting married and misusing that woman and her kids for their satisfaction because they ain't going to go out there and do it to nobody else. They ain't going to do it to your father. They ain't going to do it to one of your brothers that know how to deal with them. They ain't going to do it to one of your cousins or one of, even one of your friends that love you as though you were a sister to them. They ain't going to do it to them because they're going to pretend and oh, 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 laugh and they're going to get on the subject of that word of God. And when they leave, that snake going to come out on you and the kids. See, that's what happened to me. Why did you say that? Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, make him this and that nothing. Oh, no, he can't go. Oh, no, they ain't going over to your sisters and play with the boys. No, they going to do what I say. Then before you know it, you hear the little boys crying. Yeah. See, I'm the voice. I can hear my babies. My son, he's 32 years old. Now, if my first husband was living now, he wouldn't even try it now. But these kids grow up with all kind of problems mentally. They don't forget that my daughter and son has never forgotten what happened to them. Never. And then they're going to hold you responsible because they're going to feel like you allowed it to happen. I have a 13-year-old grandson. You think I would ever let that happen to him? I know what tried to happen to my son. Of course not. Of course not. So you have to be the mother. You have to be the protector over those twins and over little Tom Jr. They look forward to you. They look up to mama when they are in a situation like that. And if the only way of freeing yourself sometimes, us as women, is to close that door and just never go back in it. And if you have anything that, that's personal, that belongs to you, go with a police escort because it don't never work with you going to try to get it yourself. It ends up a fighting sometimes in a murder. So you don't want things to get that heated. You don't want to go that far. Go and tell them to send a lot of police cars. Bring, send the whole force if they need to because of the mentality. Sometimes that's what you have to do. So I'm going to turn it over to my husband because my husband is man of God. And he is a ref. He will give you God strong advice. Go ahead, baby. All right, all right. You 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 said a mouthful there, madam. You said a mouthful. But now, um, and this is Mrs. Uh, 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 how you pronounce her name again? Ciola. Uh, uh, Ciola. Uh, Ciola. Okay, Mrs. Ciola. Ciola Bridges. Mrs. Bridges. Okay, Mrs. Bridges. We. Uh, uh, I want you first and foremost to understand that the the, the Bible never never tells an individual that uh, a, a, a woman is one to be controlled or ruled over by a man. That is not a man's position. We are, we are, we don't have that authority. The Bible says in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, that God gave man and woman dominion over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, 
the cattle, and over every creeping thing over the earth. He didn't give them dominion over each other. That didn't happen. When dominion over each other happened is when sin came into the world. And that was a curse. But the curse became the man that hangeth on the tree. When Jesus hung on the tree, when he hung on the cross, he became the curse. So the curse was reversed back to the beginning. So in that nature, you have no longer man and woman were equal. They were both given the same dominion. Now there is a divine order for godly protection, for godly representation of heavenly blessing. You see, now there's a divine order as God, as Jesus submits unto the Father, the man submits unto Jesus and the woman is underneath man. This is a divine order, not an authority realm. This is an order for a godly protection, for a godly representation, for a godly blessing. So it trinkles all the way down. Now, I want you to know, I don't... It, and, and, and this is a wisdom in the word of God. This is true wisdom. There is nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible where it tells a woman to stay put for a beating. It tells nowhere in the Bible where it tells a woman to stay put for a beating. Matter of fact, the Bible tells you don't be a doormat for nobody. Nowhere do it tells a woman to let her children get beat. There's no scripture in the Bible authorizes that. There's no scripture in the Bible that gives a man authority to brutalize our child. The only scripture in the Bible that gives authority is called discipline. When a man goes beyond disciplining to brutalization, this man has crossed the line the Bible said it will be better for him to tie a millstone around his neck and drop it into the sea than to hurt one of the children. So, the Bible gives you complete authority 
over three instances to do certain things. As a woman, you become the first teacher. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible <clears throat> defines a woman's heart because the Bible lets us know that God says, I'm going to put empathy between your seed <clears throat> and her seed because it's her seed that she will have sorrow in her business of having a child. Because if it, the reason you would have this sorrow is because of your heart. You would have pain in childbirth. The pain will come from your heart because it's your heart that you carry the child. You would always have pain for your children and your, your pain will be multiplied. So it's the woman's heart that was always being pain for her children. So with that knowledge, you are responsible because you are the first teachers of your children. You are the protectors of your child. Now, as a protector of the child, you have to remember that we sometimes can get out of line. And in that, the Bible gives us an example that God said he would turn an individual over to his retrobate mind. So, that don't mean that you leave an individual to destruction and you stay there for the destruction. <laughs> if God, if you want to save an individual, sometimes you have to leave him to his own devices. That don't mean that you leaving him from the marriage in order to save the marriage, you have to leave him to his own devices. In other words, you sometimes have to let a person, as they say, as addicts say, sometimes they got to find their bottom. And sometimes you got to let them do that all by themselves. Because sometimes they play with God. And in playing with God, you got to get out the way. You have to get out of the way. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible tells you to do. And you need to get your children and get out. That's what the Bible tells you to do. Not leave your husband, but to get out. I'm not telling you to divorce your husband because the Bible frowns on divorce. I'm telling you to get out 
once you get out and get secure, if you got to communicate with this man through a letter, then communicate with him through a letter and let him know, listen, this is not going to come back together until some certain things will be met. And the first thing that's going to be met is we going to have 365 days apart. First. The next thing going to be met that we're going to have a weekly counseling section with some pastor somewhere that is a proven vessel. See, you just don't choose any pastor because he says that he's a pastor. You get a proven vessel that is proven that can sit down with a married couple that knows what domestic violence is all about. Because a lot of times, as my wife stated, that there is two sides. And there is, when, when you come into a marriage, there is unpacked garbage uh, unpacked luggage on both sides. Now what you got to do is unpack the luggage. You have to unpack this luggage and then you got to toss away the luggage that is no good for both sides. It's no way possible that I can tell you that what this man is doing is because of you. And there's no way I can tell him that what he's doing is because of you. But what I can tell you that what he's doing by the way that you wrote that letter is your, you need to get out for the safety of the children and yourself. You need to get out, get safe, if you got to go to a woman's shelter. Get out, get there, and they will house you, you and the children, and they will set you up where he can't even come in there because he won't be allowed in there. And y'all will be in a safe place. You would have food for the children. You will be able to feed the children. You don't. You you won't have to worry about it. A domestic violence shelter. It will be a safe place. You won't have to worry about him coming. You won't have to worry about the children getting getting to the school or whatever you got to do or getting to the doctor. You won't have to worry about him coming around or none of that. You won't have to worry about none of that. You'll be safe. You can sleep at night in comfort and, 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 and with a peace of mind. And then you'll take it day by day. And then you will work on the situation of working out a schedule for him and you to get some counseling. But second of all, you will never be alone with this man. 
you would always have a mediator there with you. You'll never be alone when, well, you, you know, because the first thing he gonna do is, uh, but, but, but come on, let's let's get in the car and go to the beach and let's sit and talk. Or uh, come on, let's just take a drive and let's sit and talk. No, none of that. None of that. You don't do none of that. Every time it's time to meet, it's always with a mediator. That's how you sit and talk with a mediator. And it's always in a public place. And it's always in the daytime. Where y'all can have your conversation. And it's always a set time. It's going to start at a certain time. And the time going to end at a certain time. And you get up and go. And anytime you're going to bring the children to meet with him, it's the best place to bring the children to meet with him is in the lobby of the police station. So that way it won't be no snatch and grab. So everybody is protected until there is some changing going on. There's nothing wrong with separation to save your marriage. Being in the same house does not mean that you're saving your marriage because you're going to stay there to get the abuse. That's crazy. That's insanity. That is not godly. That is not wisdom. That is not God. There's nowhere in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. So, uh, uh, we're going to keep you in prayer. <clears throat> and uh, 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 you can call the nearest uh, domestic violence center. They will come get you. Uh, believe me, they will come get you and they will come with enough force that they can get you out of there. You, you, you won't have to worry about it. They can get you out of the house. It'll be enough squad cars parked out in front of that house. They can get you out of there. You and your children, they can get you out of that house. Come up out of that house and uh, get on the way and take a break for a while. Y'all need a break. Y'all need a break. You, you, you need a break <clears throat> for safety. You need a break. You 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 gotta have a break. You 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 really need a break <clears throat> because the beast is is um, uh, you know isolation is what the enemy does. That's how the enemy destroys is to isolate and things. There's a lot of stuff that uh, we could talk about uh, uh, and we will uh, uh, off air and stuff like that. Uh, uh, my wife can talk to you about stuff because you know, it, 
in 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 I'm gonna say this to to to, to the people over the air. Listen, me and my wife in our courtship. Me and my wife in our courtship. And here's people in why you courting. You can in in in, in our courtship. Me and me and my wife's courtship. There was no uh, relationship stuff. No relationship stuff. The best thing we ever did was peck. We had some pecking, some kissing. There's some pecking. Because we wanted the blessing of God upon the relationship. The Bible says no fornication. So there was none. Ain't that right, Mrs. Hill? That's right, baby. It was none, nothing but holding hands and some kissing on the way out the door. When I left the, from visiting her at the house. Sitting on the couch, she on one couch, I'm on the other couch, looking at a DVD player, at looking at the TV. Nothing else went on, ever, for the time that we dated. I have never cursed my wife. Never ever have I cursed my wife. I have no need to curse her. My wife is an excellent wife, good woman. Know how to fry chicken at two o'clock in the morning. A chicken don't stand a chance between me and my wife. <laughs> but listen, you have to understand that you got to have more than a relationship built upon a sexual affair. If you don't have God in your relationship, then you don't have a relationship. And a lot of times you trying to build on sex. It was the best sex I ever had. And you don't even know one another. You don't know the dislikes, the likes. You don't know what makes a person hurt. You don't know what makes a person smile. You don't know what which direction they gonna go in. You don't know their wants, their desires, what they what their ambitions are. You don't know what lurks on the inside of this individual. You don't know what their desires are, what their wants are. All of this plays in a marriage situation. You know what I told my wife when I first, when I started dating her? I told her I'd date for marriage. I thought she really understood exactly what that meant. I didn't know you were supposed to ask a woman, you know, to be your girlfriend and all that, and uh, we're going to get married. When I started dating her, after a while, I thought she already knew we were going to get married. And when it got to a point, I was just planning for the marriage. She hadn't, she hadn't ran away or nothing. 
she told me, listen, you gonna ever ask me, ask you what? I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just, I'm, I'm just planning for the marriage. It's time to get married. I ain't got that, what question? I'm like a country boy, just put on my shoulder and take her home. The house ready, come on girl. You see, you got to understand, protect your home, protect your, 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 your wife is your most precious gem, man. And with that, we don't rule over. I don't rule my wife. I bow before my wife. That's how I elevate my wife. I can't lift my wife up if I'm not down bowing before her. I submit myself to my wife. That's how I lift my wife. I can't lift her if I'm trying to stand up over her. I have to get down to lift her up. I can't lift her up standing up over her. If, 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 if you women, if you got a man and he trying to stand up over you, you need to walk away from him. If you dating a man and the only thing he trying to do is stand up over you, you need to walk away from him. You need a man that's down trying to bow before you because he's the one that wants to elevate you to where God is trying to call you to because God has a purpose for your life. And it's the man's job to see to it that you reach the purpose that God has for your life. That's the man's job. See, the man ain't got but three jobs in a relationship. We don't have but three positions in a relationship, man. And that's enough. That's enough for us. And trying to rule over a woman is not one of them. We got three positions in a relationship. The Bible gives us three positions in a relationship. Three. Lord knows I ain't want to do no teaching here. I got to get off of here. So we're going to stop maybe one day. Listen, matter of fact, we reading a book about it right now. Come to reading with Reverend Hill on Saturdays. We just started the book. The true essence of God's revelation for family. Come to it on 10 o'clock on this channel and you can hear what the position of each position of the family. All right, now praise the Lord. Come on, wife, and pray. All right, sweetheart. All right. Well, we know that there are a lot of our listeners this morning that... Um, have not, especially our new listeners, that has never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, like I said, they don't know how to pray. They don't know.